Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, hope everybody's morning is going well so far. Or afternoon, but I would say that I think that most of you have told us that you do this in the morning. Well, I mean, we put them out in the morning. Yeah. So, so we're assuming, we're just going um, to assume that it's morning time. Hopefully this reaches the your ears before the world gets to you. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, why we like to do our Bible study in the morning. <laughs> that is. Eat it before that's the why you always. I know it's in the word. I know it's really difficult for some people. Um, you know, everybody's situation is different, but I encourage everybody. And it was something that you always heard when you were younger, but there's a lot of truth to it. You start your day off with the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, the minute your eyes wake up in the morning, John Piper taught me this, Mm -hmm. but you just, the, the, the first second that you wake up in the day, there's a war beginning. Yeah. Immediately when you open your eyes. So even if the first thing that you can get out of your mouth is when you first open your eyes is just help me today, Jesus, that's good enough because you're, there's a war that's starting before you even crawl out of bed and get going. So it's, it's good to start off with a prayer and then I encourage everybody just to make time in the morning before you do anything else not necessarily for me just get in get in your just get in your bible and read a little something before you get your day started but it's amazing and we really saw in our household right we thought you know i thought we were so busy you don't have time this and that or whatever but when you were like i don't care first thing in the morning this is what we do nothing else gets done until we sit down and we read the bible together yeah, I mean, but even once my... you made it like that shift in priority that nothing will happen until this happens, mm-hmm. like even when we have company over and things going on, like it's just a known bottom of the line. This is what we do right. first we don't thing care in the morning. Who, what guests are there? It's like yeah, you know we we, we welcome guests in our home, but this is one thing that gets done no matter mm-hmm. what. And this was done all through the time that Jesus. I was sick, you were pregnant, going through, I mean, we never, we tried to do it. We've only stopped a couple of different times that we've actually had to, but I can, it's a handful of times I think that I can count on both hands that we have skipped But it just really blows my mind that once we have that like mental shift that nothing else happens until this happens, like you wouldn't go all day without feeding your children. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't go all day and be like, oh, snap, I never once fed my kids. Like you wouldn't, there's certain things like you you wouldn't go all day without remembering to change the baby's diaper or, you know, things like that. But yet we'll go all day without reading the Bible. We'll go all day without spending time in prayer and, you know, and doing these different things that are so incredibly important. So I think a lot of it was just that mental shift of like, it's pretty interesting too, because this. yeah, it is. And then the kids um, too also get that feeling that. Hey, we have to do this. We haven't done this yet. Yeah. So that's always a way to to get your kids really engaged in that too. Is just well, make sure where that you're your doing it. If you're if this isn't high on your priority list, how can you expect for it to be high or even on your children's priority list? Right. You know what I mean? Like we have to right. initiate that. But if they see that this is an important thing to you, like this is happening now. Apparently, they will they will copy it. Well, because even before you started doing it, like, as the family study, when it was just me reading my Bible, I'd go sit outside on the swing or whatever in the afternoon while the kids were playing, and I would end up with the kids sitting on the swing with me, 
well, what are you reading about? What mm-hmm. happened now? Can you read me the next part? What's that? You know what I mean? Like just once you make it a priority, that makes such a difference in your household. Mm. So that's yeah. our tangent on that. Yeah. So hello. good morning. We're starting. It's John 4 this morning. But before we start, go ahead and take a minute to pray. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, please, you guys, do not hesitate to ask questions, counsel, whatever it might be. Um, I am thoroughly volunteering, Brandon, to be at your every need and disposal all day long. Yeah, I've got a little mafia of people that I that I speak to throughout the week that that I that I help. That is, oh my gosh, I'm having a blast with it. So Mm -hmm. the more, the merrier. Yep. So all of our all of our info, all of that, you can go to aphomechurch.com, and literally everything's on there. So um, probably more information about us than you ever even like thought you might maybe need to know. Yeah, because you decide to go ahead and just throw out every little detail about our lives online. Well, I mean, you did that the other day, and I was like, oh, well. Apparently that's okay out there now. Hey, all we tell y'all we're transparent. We share all the stuff, probably too much stuff, but you'll never be like, oh wow, I didn't know that about them. <laughs> but I think that's an important thing when you're, um, when you're, when I'm sharing scripture and trying to get people engaged and trying to get people to know Jesus, is that you know being completely vulnerable on this side of it. Yeah shows people that I'm serious. <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, is, there is that part this is of my it life. where people talk about, like, you know, all this crazy stuff that comes out about, you know, these different churches and different things, and I'm like, y'all see everything that uh, yeah, goes on in our there's household. There's literally nothing that you, that you don't see. <laughs> so if they're anywhere that we are not living biblically or we're not something, like, you all should see it because we're literally throwing it all out there and for And I think you. actually somebody perceived as it was something rude between you and I and one of these mm-hmm. podcasts that we didn't even think about because we're like, this is just the way that we are all the time. Like, it's not, it wasn't rude towards each other. It's just how we've always been since, like, we've got together. It's our personality. Yeah, if anything, so, we do apologize if anything, because we are very We are too, it, so if anything, we, we don't sugarcoat it enough <laughs> to, like, to, like, we're very off-putting, I guess, if you don't know us and don't Sorry. know the story. But that is, I know we do have a lot of people that are new that have come to this channel and come to uh, the website that are doing the Bible studies, having a blast with them. So I'll just go ahead and throw out a little, um, yeah, we're very raw, very honest. I don't have the ability to sugarcoat anything. I would use different, I would use different words, but this is a Bible study. And I don't use those words anymore, <laughs> but I don't have the ability to do those things. So I, I think all the little intros and all the, I think that is so lame and that just is not me, but there's a lot here that you don't need to put a lot of fluff on and everything it's because this is, us. it's not, it's about, it's all about Christ and it's life changing stuff that you don't need to put any, any fancy pants on. So, so this is very raw, very, um, we don't have the best equipment. That's because we don't want it. We don't care. That goes part with, I see these people with these just huge elaborate setups and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Just get something, just get something that works. Um, but whatever. So if you're new, that's the way, that's the way that we roll here. So sorry in advance. Sorry in advance. Yeah. But. We're doing John chapter four. 
And I'll start in verse 1 here. This is the story of the Samaritan woman uh, at the well. This has, man, that, this book is really so hard to get through because there's just trying to pull out what, you know, what you want to kind of highlight. And there's so many different things. But um, in this particular chapter here, the Jews did not speak rarely if at all to the Samaritans mm -hmm. which the Samaritans were you know they, in today's they were half Jewish half Gentile yes so in their world that was like oh I mean it's the same thing that we understand today that would have been like mulatto back in you know back in what the, like the 60s well, yeah, right you're, like right? you're 60s, not like you're black not black you're white, not white yeah so that was the same thing and they had the same amount of disdain for them but also with great reason because some of the jews weren't they were commanded not to intermingle with the gentiles mm -hmm. not some of the jews they were i mean god did so but i meant some of them were upset at the at the fact that this these Samaritans were just the product of obviously ancestors disobeying God and taking on Gentile, and taking on wives, Gentile and wives and everything else. So they didn't. So the fact that Jesus is even going through this area is a miracle in itself because yeah. this was this was the shorter shorter distance to where he was going was through Samaria. But they didn't travel that way like because it was through Samaria. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it, it's just, it's an interesting uh, note to say that it led, you know, his ministry led him through this way anyway. Uh, and he had this interaction with her. So with that, we'll start in one. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptized and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself did not baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Shakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Isn't it so cool? I love those little notes because sometimes I think it's easy to kind of go past that and not stop and remember that these are real literal places and all of these places connect to these ancient places of the old testament like it's all the same land it's the same landmarks it's you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i think it's so neat to stop in like those little details like that i think are just so cool and many of these places we can still go to today yeah you know, or trace out where they would have been i mean very very little people know that the same the same mountain where abraham takes isaac up to go sacrifice Isaac mm -hmm. is the exact same mountain that Christ was crucified on. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just little things like that that are all over the place. Because there is no coincidence stories. with God. No, there's absolutely no. I mean, everything's preordained and perfectly. And he is perfect, a God so. of precision. But, so when people are like, eh, I mean, well, I'm like, are you kidding me? God's pretty precise. <laughs> Verse six, Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Mark that Jesus tired from a long walk. He was fully human. He was truly God and truly man. And we get this idea that uh, that this 
you know, being tired is a sinful thing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. no, it's not because God rested is an example of, you know, he's all about hard work and taking rest. And there's really no reason to think that that, I mean, in the eternal state, obviously, you, you know, that there, was, there wouldn't be a whole lot of sense to taking a nap. But there could be. I mean, we don't know. I love Randy Alcorn on that. He goes, anyone who thinks that heaven's just going to be, like, awful or boring or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're mistaken. Have you ever watched a sea otter? (laughs) God created sea otters. And what do they spend their time doing? Either playing and being the cutest little things on earth ever or sleeping. They're like huge nappers. They're like yeah. the like um, just forever leisure animals. So I always thought that was cute. And he's like, really? You think it's not going <laughs> to? <laughs> God created them. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting to note that Jesus was tired and hungry. Mm-hmm. And... All right. Verse seven. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had got his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, "You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink?" Jesus replied, "If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water." But and see, living water is is kind of twofold here because living water is fresh water, mm-hmm. and especially in this area, from a source that yeah, you keep it, yeah, yeah, from a source, and especially in this area, she's like, well, you wait, you have living water, wait, get well, give me some of that, yeah. How does one go about getting their hands on that? Verse eleven. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? What was interesting about the uh, Samaritans, too, is though is they still worship God, mm-hmm. and they had their same Jewish practices and traditions they even had their own temple which is amazing which is which is crazy well i'm synagogue i don't want to say temple it's yeah. synagogue um but they they obviously didn't didn't uh worship with the jews they kind of had their own little own little thing there but that's why she's referring to her ancestor jacob is mm. you know yeah this was still very very much a part of their culture they just weren't yeah they just weren't friends but to see that as far mm-hmm. as faith and practice and teaching and all yeah. of that you know was obviously completely cemented in there yeah all right verse 13 jesus replied anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again but those who drink the water i give will never be thirsty again it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Uh Uh-oh, now we're going to do a... He's going to throw a little wrench at her here. Verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. 
Trick question. Ooh. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Ooh. So why do you think Jesus just went ahead and said, hey, go get your husband? He knows she doesn't have a husband. He knows she doesn't have a husband. He said, you've had five husbands, and the guy that you're living with now is not your husband. Okay, but the key part of that is the guy that you're living with now. He's calling her out. Of her sin. He's of her, on her sin. Her on he her. is judging her. And why do you think when she, well, well, we'll read it here, what her response is, and then I'll just bring it back up then. Verse 19. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Right there, he's there. He's basically boiling down. He's like, yeah, salvation comes through the Jews, but... There's a time coming, and it's here now, when it won't matter if you're worshiping the temple and following God's law, you will worship, and you will have the Holy Spirit, and because that's it, where God is spirit and truth, and giving it the Holy Spirit, and you have the temple now is inside you. Because at this time, obviously, God's law was that the Jews had to physically make it to the temple, correct. to the place, to the synagogue, to the priest, like all of those things had to happen they were absolutely required for his people and so this is a huge thing for jesus to say that a time is coming indeed it's here now sure. where you're not going to have to do that that's not what's going to matter so this little squabble that the samaritans have been having with the mm -hmm. pure jews over mm -hmm. where the true place of yeah worship where we is, worship and he's in, like in Jerusalem okay okay you, listen like, lady it doesn't matter <laughs> i'm you telling you no idea the holy spirit's coming and it's not going to matter mm -hmm. um all right so we are on verse 25 right yeah the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what did you want with her, or why were you talking with her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, All right. So verse 29 is what I told you that I was going to bring back up to her response mm -hmm. to what Jesus told her. Verse 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Okay, so come and see a man who told me everything I ever did wrong would be the better word there. Because he was calling her out for her sin. And 
her response would be, hey, come look at this guy who told me that I was sinning. Could he possibly be the Messiah? I mean, of course, he perceived everything about her. He knew all about her, well, he her truly, past life. He truly knew what was going on, right? What are the things that you are doing in secret that anybody who just knows you wouldn't know those things about you? Right. Right. And so anybody could write, I could spend some time on your Facebook page and get a good gist of who you are and what you're about. Right. right? That I could say some things Mm -hmm. and you'd be like, okay. But if somebody showed up and they said those things, Mm -hmm. you know, the private things that you don't just put out there. You might want to go check this guy out. You're like, whoa, that's. Because he said some stuff about me that nobody knows. Yeah. And honey, we better get married because we're. Yeah. Because Jesus knows. Because my sin was just called out and brought up mm-hmm. to my face by the Messiah. Um, mm-hmm. Might want to rethink some of the things you're doing. Okay. Verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. And remember, the disciples were afraid to ask him what he was doing talking to the Samaritan woman. So that's kind of keeping, keep in mind Jesus' response here when he's saying in 34, Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Is he's he's gathering fruits for the kingdom of God, and these people are are ready here and now. There's no there's no sense in in, in waiting or or you know not going to these people. They're ready. Verse thirty six. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is a people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather their harvest. Okay, he's, Jesus is talking about all the Old Testament writers. He's talking about all the the prophets. Everybody had already done the footwork in getting, getting this whole thing set up. Okay, the apostles were just going to go out and finish the work, and, we're, and Jesus is just kind of rounding that up there and telling them that well and that goes into the samaritan woman how she said she knew the messiah was mm-hmm. coming it was the work of the old testament prophets that paved the way for them to know right when this time would be right and now with now with the good news of the messiah coming mm-hmm. now everything was there the harvest is rather ready to be gathered verse 39 some Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. (laughs) At the end of two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him. 
for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and seen everything that he did there. Oh, so now you've seen everything that I did in... in oh, now we believe Now, it. now everybody from home. So now that I have success and you saw me do some stuff, now everybody from home wants to... I get it. Lord knows that's how it works. Yeah, it's no different. <laughs> like, the people are no different. Verse 46. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he had heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon, about one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. That was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Right. That the uh, the healing of the servant's son was obviously based off of the faith that he had that Jesus could heal his son. Mm-hmm. But I know this is a these verses here. Any of the gospels, they prosperity teachers and preachers, they will twist. But it's especially when you get to these healings and just show that mm-hmm. if you just have the same amount of faith as these people, you you can be healed too, or you'll receive these types of blessings. And then going into, we'll go into chapter five tomorrow. But again, Jesus is just, you know, more healing, um, more things like that. But keep in mind that there's many reasons why Jesus was doing these things, but mostly it was to prove his divinity. One. <laughs> And two, it was to fulfill prophecy because healing the sick, the the lame, the blind, these are all things that the prophets foretold that he was going to come and do, and so he came and did it. Okay, He didn't necessarily do these things, so if you have the right amount of faith and you send the right amount of money in, (laughs) you you too will have your fever disappear. At one a one o'clock, no, that that's not how that works. Not what's going that's on that's here. not how that works at all. So if you hear of anything like that, if you hear anybody trying to make a case of anything like that, that run person's away. a false prophet, and you need to run. Run away. So on that, we'll end on that, and we'll pick up tomorrow again on uh, chapter five. Let I hope everybody's liking like the single chapters. I know they're a little bit shorter but i just want to make sure i cover everything in them oh, yeah, or at good. least attempt to cover everything it's impossible if you guys knew how much i try to get in cram into every little part of this it would you'd have your minds blown but <laughs> yeah all right guys well thank you again we'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow